following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Psalm 31:24 says to all of us who have been spending the last period of weeks during Advent, waiting for Jesus, looking for Jesus, hoping for His peace, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Has it been hard at times in this season to be strong and let your heart take courage? Be strong and courageous. You know, tonight's scripture readings, which uh, have been read throughout our service, and which were assigned to us by the lectionary, that schedule of Bible readings that, if you follow it, takes you through the whole Bible or a good portion of it um, in three years. It might seem like an odd selection of Bible text for a Christmas service. Did anybody else feel that a little bit? As the texts were being read, were you waiting for the shepherds to come? Were you wondering where the baby was? Where are my wise men? Have you people not seen Charlie Brown's Christmas? (laughs) Where are all the nativity verses? You see, when we celebrate Christmas, we do tend to focus our attention on the physical, don't we? On the beautiful but easy imagery of a baby in a manger with the cattle lowing nearby and the shepherds tending their flocks by night, of wise men following a star in the eastern sky. All of these things are true, and they are part of the Christmas story. But even where it veers into the miraculous, virgin birth, angels singing, astronomical anomalies, it's all mostly comprehensible, isn't it? You may have trouble believing that it happened, but you can understand it. And it's also probably mostly harmless to our way of life. Because the last thing we all want is a Christmas miracle that is inconvenient. The last thing we all want is a Christmas that harms our comfortable way of life. But let me tell you, the great miracle of Christmas is not that angels appeared to shepherds. It's not that a star appeared in the sky. It's not even that a baby appeared in the womb of a virgin. The greatest miracle of Christmas is that God took on human form. You may have heard the theological term incarnation, not the flower. Incarnation, not carnation. Incarnation simply means that God became carnal, which means God became bodily. Flesh and blood. Jesus is the embodiment of God. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That's the miracle that we find so hard to understand. A star in the sky? Okay. I know what the stars are like and I know what the sky is like and an unusual one shows up. A birth 
We've all met babies. God becoming a human being, that is a little bit hard to understand and a little bit hard to accept, but it's also the the miracle among all of them that changes everything. But here's why the incarnation is an inconvenient miracle. First, because it tells us that bodies actually matter. Now, if the Greek philosophers were correct, then all that matters is the soul. And the body is nothing more than a container for the true spiritual essence of a human being. But that's Greek philosophy. That is not Jewish thought, and it is not Christian thought. See, if the incarnation is real, God took on one of these bodies. The creator of the universe took on one of these not important, just a container for the soul types of bodies. And walked around in it for 30 plus years. If that actually happens, then we have to determine that bodies matter. And suddenly, giving in to every impulse that comes across these bodies of ours ceases to be an option. You see, when it comes to all sorts of enjoyable things, some of which I ate too much for breakfast this morning, (laughs) this idea is decidedly inconvenient. And... uh, my full Irish breakfast this morning is just the start. <laughs> we could talk about all kinds of things that our bodies enjoy. Appropriately, inappropriately, and trying to find the line between the two. We could talk about how our views of sex and gender, of violence and crime, of punishment and honor and war and peace and race and power and on and on All of these things and our responses to them are decidedly less convenient for our self-centered tendencies if bodies actually matter enough for God to take one on. If you were at our Immerse service on Sunday and you were at the Icon prayer station over on this side of the room, did you notice the icon of Christ the prisoner? His skin a little darker than some of us are familiar with seeing I sat in front of that icon and thought about the, the realities of mass incarceration in our country and saw that Christ identifies with the prisoners. He was a prisoner of the state before he was crucified. It showed him sitting there in the chambers waiting to be interrogated. And suddenly something in me changed completely. I just, my understanding of the world was different. Christ's body mattered when it was locked up like that. You see how if you start to think about how our bodies given to us by God, created as good, matter, how some of the things that we want to hold true because they're convenient for us have to be let go of. But be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord, because as St. Athanasius said, what has not been assumed has not been redeemed. And the miracle of the Incarnation is that God has assumed that human body and God can and will and has redeemed it. No matter what damage we may have done to these bodies of ours and to those of others. 
You know, another reason why the incarnation is an inconvenient miracle is because it proves that our lofty ideas about divine intervention are all backward. The text said he was in the world. The world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Do you know why they didn't accept accept him? Because he did not fit what they wanted. They wanted a Messiah who would come and overthrow the oppressive Roman government and then install the true believers into a place of power. And what they got instead was a Messiah who upset every delicate religious sensibility that they held so close and then died on a cross. And see, there it is right there. The incarnation is an inconvenient miracle because it shows us that it is in vulnerability and surrender and even death itself that redemption is found. The book of Philippians tells us Jesus was in very nature God, yet did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped or exploited or leveraged, but instead he emptied himself and took on the form of a slave being made in human likeness, and submitted himself to death, even death on a cross. And it was in this action, not in any powerful conquest, that God's way is made known. Because as the writer of the epistle to the Hebrews reminded us, and I love that this text came up completely absent of my will, because I quote it all the time. Artists and people are like, I already know what I'm about to say. It's the lectionary, friends. I didn't, I'm not repeating myself on purpose. But I love the verse. Jesus is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. So if you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. Has any of you heard this before? <laughs> Any of you artists and people heard me say this? If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And if you want to see God's power on display in the world and in your own life, you have to follow the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is one of surrender, not conquest. It is one of forgiveness, not vengeance. It is the way of humility, not power. His victory was found in the resurrection, but here's the terribly inconvenient thing about resurrection. It has a prerequisite called death. And we don't think of death as the way to win our battles. We think of death as having lost the battle. That's not the way of Jesus. And for those of you right now who are thinking, is this Good Friday? I thought this was Christmas. (laughs) Why all this talk of death? I'm not going to leave you in gloom on Christmas. Because all of this is wonderful, fantastic, amazing news. It's, you might say, good news. How can it be good news? Well, the thing is, it's not if you're one of the people who has everything put together perfectly. It's not good news that death is the way to life if you are large and in charge in your world. 
Christ's way is not good news for those of you who bask in the admiration of important and powerful people. Ah, but if you are one of the weaklings, one of the poor, in heart or in wallet, if you're a refugee, if you are under the thumb of oppression, if you've had all your power stripped away, if you find every day a struggle to make it through to the next, if your life is characterized not by strength, but by vulnerability, then the Incarnation ought to bring you joy and hope. It ought to leave your heart singing and overflowing with love for what God has done. Because the Incarnation means that the Creator of the universe chose to enter the world that He had made as a vulnerable, powerless infant, born stark naked to a poor, scandalized woman. in a minority population under the thumb of an oppressive government. And the creator of the universe chose to save the world he had made as a vulnerable, powerless criminal, dying stark naked at the hands of the religious and political authorities that had so corrupted that world. And so God stands in solidarity with all of you who are poor and powerless. So be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord, because God came near. Merry Christmas to you all. Let us pray. Almighty God, you who entered this world vulnerable and seemingly harmless, we thank you for the great miracle of the Incarnation. And we hear its call and we want to obey. Help those of us who, are, who have been corrupted by our own power and privilege to decide that it's time to let go of it and to walk the way of Jesus. Let us return hatred with love, violence with peace. And let those of us whose lives are a daily struggle, who are poor and powerless and vulnerable and feel run down, help us to know that you stand with us, Jesus, because that is how the world treated you. Empower us by your Holy Spirit, to live little incarnations into our own homes and neighborhoods and workplaces so that the way of Jesus might be made known and that it would be a light shining in the darkness. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. And it's in His name that we pray. And in Him we place all of our hope and trust. Amen. I'm going to invite you now to pass the peace to one another. Uh, Artisan, we do this uh, a couple of ways. We do most things a couple of ways at Artisan. Uh, The formal way, which some of us are very drawn to, is to say to somebody, peace be with you.
And the response there is, and also with you. Now, that's very handy if you don't like to make conversation or if you feel a little awkward and don't know what to say. I've just told you what to say. Peace be with you and also with you. But we also are fairly informal in some ways, too. And so if you want to shake hands and offer a smile, um, a gesture of peace that's not so formal is entirely appropriate, too. Now, we have a couple more songs that we'll sing together as the passing of the piece concludes. Uh, The music will start. That's your cue to come back to your spot and uh, to follow along and sing along on the screen, okay? Uh, Peace be with you. Pass the peace to one another, would you please? For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.